with you we have everything that we need and even our heart's desires are made accessible to us God because we submit ourselves to you work your will in this place God please anoint me Lord hide me behind the cross of Calvary that the words I say will be your words that the anointing God will flow from heaven to earth touch every every ear, every spirit, and every heart, and every mind that we might be receptive today of what you have to say to us. God, that we can become more than overcomers, that we can become everything that you have destined and designed for us to be. That God, even if we don't feel like we're prosperous, God, that we will know that we are the head, not the tail, and above and not beneath. That God, you have blessed us in the city, blessed us in the field. You have blessed our uprisings and our down sittings, God, because you have favored us among all your creation, God. We are favored. We bless your name today. We thank you from earth to heaven that you might come from heaven to earth and join us in this capacity. We love you today, Holy Spirit. Come into this house. Jesus, do what only you can do. And Father God, receive our praise today, for you are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together and give God some praise in this house. While most of you are already standing, I'm just going to go ahead and give you the verse today. There's only one. I'll get into my sermon in a minute. You're already standing, so we haven't been doing that because, you know, you can kill Grandma if you get sick. So we... We've been, very, we've been uh, easing back into this, but when I saw 10,000 people standing on, in the street uh, doing uh, protest, I figured, well, we must be pretty safe here at Promise of Victory. We don't have near that many people. They didn't even have hand sanitizer, so we're going we're gonna to assume that God's with us. Amen. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes is not one of the symptoms of the coronavirus. It is a book in your Bible. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, and I'm just going to give it to you like this. To everything, say everything. Uh, that means everything, not some things, not most things, but everything. To everything there is a season. Mm -hmm. uh, now, now just get that in your nowhere right now because I'm going to beat that thing for two weeks. There is a season to how much? Everything. Everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose. Say every. Not some, not most, but every single purpose has a time. And everything has a season. Everything has a season. Every, every purpose has a time. Mm. So, under heaven. Where are we? We're under heaven. So, as we're gathered in this room here this morning, everything in your life has a season and every time has a purpose that means this time and then wait for it wait for it now too ten years ago and if he tarries ten years from now all that time rolled up into one it all has a purpose God doesn't waste times and he has seasons that he brings us through for his purpose I'm going to preach a two-week series, just two parts. We're not going to call it a series. We're going to say a, we're going to preach a sermon in two parts, where we're going to have to examine how to thrive in every season, not just exist, not just survive, but thrive in every season. 
Not just the good seasons, not just the feel-good seasons, not just when everything is going well, not just the way everything was painted Norman Rockwell style and you feel good about it. No, no, no. Every season, we're going to learn how to thrive in every season. If you can agree to that today, can you say amen and amen? You can have your seat today. Now, I have a whole lot of preaching that I have to get done. Now, I'm going to... Turn me some lights on. Those that love the darkness have come out and seen the light. You see, we serve a God, according to this scripture, and one of my favorite books, one of my two favorite, now I have three favorites because Proverbs has, has eased this way in there, but one of my two favorite books in all the Bible is Ecclesiastes. And chapter 3 happens to be my favorite chapter of Ecclesiastes because it describes to us that we serve a God of seasons. You can see it in creation, right? It, 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 let, let's just talk, uh, before we start getting into your business, let's just look at creation. God created creation with four seasons. And those four seasons are based upon not how much you want to swim or how uh, much you love Christmas. Those four seasons are based on the rotation of the earth. And the earth rotates around something or orbits around something called the sun. And the seasons change because the earth moves. Now, I'm going to explain something to you, and I'm sure you learned this in about fifth grade. The earth moves around the sun. The sun doesn't move. So the sun is stationary, and as the earth goes around the sun, changes takes place as it orbits the sun. So it is in the natural, as it is in the spiritual. Because in a lot of ways, that same signature of God is on your life. Much like the earth, our lives are supposed to revolve around the sun. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. And as you revolve around the sun, your seasons will change. Things that you experience today, you have never experienced before. And if you hold on long enough, you'll never go through them again. Because as you rotate, as you orbit the sun, you will experience seasonal changes. Mm. And by the way, as the S-U-N doesn't move, neither does the S-O-N. He is stationary. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's not about to start changing now. You might as well figure it's going to be you that's going to change. Now, we measure seasons by nature. Mm -hmm. You look out the window and you say, oh, it's spring. In West Virginia, uh, spring has become a real fun day. Right? I can remember when I was a kid, spring was a whole couple, maybe uh, several weeks. Uh, spring's become a fun day. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's snowing today. Maybe tomorrow it'll be spring. And then the next day it's 95. So spring's a fun day. But, but you measure, uh, you measure uh, seasons in nature by the calendar. Every year, seasons start getting longer. It won't be long before you'll, start, you'll be able to buy candy canes on the 4th of July. Because that Christmas season just gets a little bit longer every single year. But God does not measure seasons by clocks and calendars. You ready for this? The way God measures seasons is by truth and revelation. So in other words, whenever God gives you a word, He's not giving you a word for where you are, but for another season that you're about to come into. 
Because in your spirit, you can't look at a calendar on the wall and tell that a season's about to happen. You can't say, oh, well, July, it's going to be hot. We understand that in July in West Virginia, it's going to be hot. But you don't know in the spirit realm what you're going to be facing in the next season. See, I can kind of tell you that June, July, August, it's going to be hot. September going to start cooling off. By the time we get to December, it's going to be down into sub-zero temperatures. And all winter, we know what's coming in the natural, but you don't know what you're about to face in the spirit seasons that you're about to come into. So when God gives you the word, the truth, and revelation, he's not giving it to you so you can survive now. He's giving it to you because he knows that a long, cold winter is about to hit. He knows that a blazing fire of fury is about to come up in your life, and you can't tell it by the calendar. You have to trust that God knows what he's so this morning, before I get started real good, I want you to take a look around you. I want you to look all over this building at the faces of the people sitting here. Yeah, we realize, don't we? A lot's changed since March. Would we all agree that since the first part of March, a lot of things have changed in our lives and in our world? But what a lot of you don't know is that a lot of things have changed since you walked in this building this morning. See, you don't recognize it because the seasons don't announce themselves in the spirit realm because some of you that came into this place this morning are going to leave differently. And I want you to understand that. See, see, we, we can look back over the course of the last season of our uh, world and say a lot's changed. But I want you to know that every time you come into contact with the Word and with His revelation, everything's changing in you right now. You may not recognize it, and the calendar may not say so, and you may not be able to see Jeff Exline announcing it in the morning on the news when he gives his forecast, but I promise you, your season is about to change because God is the same always, today, tomorrow, and forever. So, 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 so some of you are stepping into a new season right now. You don't recognize it. You don't know it. You don't see it happening. You can't even feel it always. But some of you are indeed stepping into a new season. But just like our scripture verse says, to everything there is a season. That means every aspect of our life has a season to it. And, hear me, there's a purpose for those seasons. There's a reason for that season that you are going through. There is a purpose for the process that God has you in. I kind of touched on this Wednesday night uh, on my online study that I did, but I didn't talk about seasons. But I did talk about how God doesn't uh, send us through anything. Uh, the struggles without the wilderness is what I was talking about, without us gaining some things. See, there are some seasons that you will go through that you don't want to go through. I'm not a fan of summer. I have overactive sweat gland. For about nine weeks out of the year, I'm like a hog. Any time of the day you look at me, I get out of bed, I got this glow, this sheen on me. I need talcum powder dumped on my head most of the time. I also am not a fan of January, February, and March when it's five degrees outside. I used to be a big deer hunter. Now I get up and I look out the window and I'm like, it's cold. And Kroger's got beef. I don't have to go sit in no tree stand, freeze myself to death to go down to Kroger's and buy it up. I'm not a fan of, of, of the extreme. Somebody say amen. I, I like it about 70, 75. If I, could find a, uh, if I could find my life where it's like 70, 75 year round, I, I would never complain about the weather again. 
Uh, but, but I don't like the extremes. And you know what I don't like enjoy in the Spirit? The extremes. There's some seasons that I have been through that I would to God that I didn't have to go through them. But even through those seasons, I realized I learned some things. And I would not have learned those things had I not went through those seasons. Now, there are seasons that you've gone through that you didn't know why you had to go through. But there is a reason for the season. And just because you're going through some stuff, you have to go through some rough stuff. That doesn't mean God's finished with you because the Bible plainly tells us that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it on the day of Jesus Christ. That, that's not just any old work. He says he who has begun a good work. So that means when you step into a new season, even if you didn't want to go into that season, it's a good work. Because God is in control. Somebody say amen. So there's two things I want to point out to you in this first message uh, of this two-part series, uh, two-part message. Number one, stepping into a new season brings changes. Stepping into a new season brings changes. Most people handle change worse than every other challenge in their life. We hate change. But change is inevitable. It is going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, you look around the world today and notice that things are differently today than they were 10 years ago. As a matter of fact, it seems to be changing at breakneck speed. Things might be different right now than they were before I got to church this morning. For all I know, I don't know what's going on out there. I've been in here. But remember, we serve a God of seasons. And each season is different than every other season. Some are meant for things to grow. Some seasons are meant for things to die off. Somebody say amen right there. Hello, somebody. In some seasons, the days are longer. Some of you enjoy right now, don't you? Because you go out at 9 o'clock and the sun's still out. Wait till February. It's dark at 4.30. You can go to sleep, sleep for about 14 hours and never miss any daylight. It's because some seasons have longer periods of daylight. Some seasons have longer periods of darkness. As it is in the natural, so it is in your spirit. And you will go through some seasons where, friend, you're wondering when is God ever going to turn the lights back on? Sometimes it seems like your, your, your valley is a long season. Sometimes it feels like you're on the mountaintop for a long time. Then there's those seasons where it seems like the nightmare will never end, where the tears are never going to start flowing. And it may have taken a little longer for that season to get over with than it did others, but understand that even when that season was over, morning did come. And the tears turn into joy because you can, morning may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So God gives us revelation and He gives us truth to propel us into different seasons. Why? Why does God bring us through seasons? Because He knows how complacent we get where we are. He understands that we are creatures of habit, and if he doesn't change things, we won't change things. I remember when I was a kid, summer seemed to last so long. Do you remember summer vacation when you was a kid? Summer seemed, I, I enjoyed summer because I didn't enjoy the other. But summer seemed like it lasted so long. I have gotten to the age now where I realize why. Because you change your routine. There was no school to go to. I had no time I had to get up in the morning. I stayed in play clothes all the time. So it was just a never-ending cycle of the same thing. See, I grew up in a kind of an environment. Uh, we didn't, summer vacation to us was pitching a tent on the riverbank, eating whatever you called up out the river. That was our summer vacation, if you want to call it that. And we were pretty much on it all year. 
And so I, I, I want you to understand that, that summertime looked the same to me. It didn't, I didn't know what day of the week it was. It didn't matter because Sunday and Tuesday was the same day. And, and, and some seasons are like that. But the season had to change. Help me, somebody. There was a time to play all day. But then that season had to give way to another season where I had to go back to school. Why? Because I needed to learn something. And so there are seasons where you will come through a long periods of time where every day seems to be the same, where it's playtime, where it's easy, where everything is going your way. But hold on, because that season has to give way to another season because you're about to have to learn something that you're not learning where you are. Look at what happened to the disciples. They were, they were in a season of working their jobs, and Jesus called them. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon and his brother Peter. They were casting their nets into the sea. They were working. They were in a season. They were in the season of, of, of making money and, 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 and building wealth. And Jesus calls to them and says, that season is over. Come, follow me, and I will make you. All you Wednesday night participants, follow me and I will yeah, I'm about to end a season for you so I can start a season for you. So, so one season ending is not the death of something, it's the beginning of something. It's not the burial of something, it's the beginning, the birth of something else. One day, Peter was just an ordinary fisherman. Until, I said until, Jesus came walking by. And when Jesus gave Peter the word, his season changed. My God in heaven. When he spoke a word to Peter, Peter's season changed. And he said, follow me and I will make you. Peter stepped into a new season and he was changed. He was made into, transformed from one thing to another thing. In other words, Jesus was going to make Peter something that he was not before. This was more than just a change in jobs. He changed Peter on the inside. Let me break it down for you. When he said, come and I will make you, that word make in Greek can be translated sprout forth. So there is a miracle in Peter that Peter don't see while he's fishing. There is a seed of a miracle inside Peter that will never sprout forth in that season. That season may have been beneficial. It may have put food on the table. It may have built an empire. It, it may have uh, secured a legacy for his children. It was a good season. It was a fruitful season. But there was something on the inside of Peter that was never going to sprout forth until he ended that season and got into another season. So Jesus said, come follow me. And when that season's over, you're about to see something come up out of you. You didn't even know was on the inside of you because as long as you stay on that boat, it'll never happen. My God, that's good preaching. See, my season might be right now. I may be fruitful right now. And you may look at me and say, Pastor, got it so good. Look at him. He got it going on. He, 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 he's got this going for him and he's got that going for him. But what you can't see and what I can't see is that there may be something ready to spring forth out of me. And as long as I stay in this boat, I ain't never going to see what it is that God's got for me. So Jesus said, come follow me and I'll end that season. And I'll give you another season. Because there's a miracle in you. So it brings change. 
And also when you step into a new season, it brings challenge. You're going to change, but you don't like change. And in order to get change into you, it's going to be a challenge. Peter was a fisherman. And in order for him to become a preacher, it's going to be a challenge. He had no idea. Fishermen have a lot of challenges. They got to fight the elements. They got to fight the fish. They got to fight the boats. They got to fight the nets. They got to fight to get the bait and get the and get the the, the secure the, the 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 bounty and then go and sell it. But he had no idea what kind of challenges he was going to face when he went through the spiritual warfare of being made into a disciple. He was challenged. Somebody say he was challenged. <laughs> He was challenged in his faith. When the boat was about to sink, Peter was the one that ran downstairs with some of the other disciples and says, don't you care that we die here? Because his faith was being challenged. He also got challenged in his fields. Uh-huh. Peter, told him, uh, Peter told him, oh, I'm not going to ever leave you, Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, oh, you going to hold on to me? Get behind me, Satan. He was rebuked by Jesus himself being called Satan. And don't you know that hurt Peter's feelings? Peter also got challenged in his prejudices. Jesus went down to Samaria. Peter said, go on about yourself. I didn't lose nothing down in Samaria. I don't even like none of them people. Jesus went down there and got, uh, got a woman saved at the well who went out and told everybody what he did, and the whole town got saved. So Peter's prejudices got challenged. I see it in the Bible where Peter's humility got challenged. Jesus got down with a towel and a bowl of water and was going to, going to wash Peter's feet. Peter says, what do you think you're doing? I'll wash your feet. Jesus said, if you don't take, partake of this, you'll have no part of me in heaven. You're going to have to humble yourself now or be humbled later. But in all these instances, every time he was challenged, he stood up to it. But there was one particular time that seems like Peter stepped into another season. And this is the season I'm going to end this sermon on. The season of Peter's failure. He went from being a follower of Jesus to one who follows from a distance. They're standing in the courtyard. And Peter is declaring his undying affection and love for Jesus. And Jesus said, before the cock crows three times you will deny that you even know my name and when it happened the Bible says Peter and Jesus looked at each other they locked eyes and Peter ran away and wept bitterly he was once side by side with Jesus and now he can't stand to look Jesus in the eye can I, can I say that again? He once was close to Jesus to the point where he slept in the same room. And now he can't look Jesus in the eye because he went through a season of failure. The devil don't use anything against people like he does guilt. Guilt is the weapon that he uses to beat Christians over the head until they submit to his voice. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm preaching already. I know you're not amen to me, but I'm there. Guilt 
because of seasons of failure is the weapon that the enemy uses to beat you into submission because he is trying to challenge you to hear his voice instead of listening to the voice of your father. That is exactly what happens when you step into a season where it seems like your life has fallen apart and you are dry and empty and despite your best efforts, you have let the Lord down. Don't raise your hand, but everybody in this room knows what it feels like to go through Peter's season of failure where you feel like you have let the Lord down. And you're still trying to follow Jesus, but you can't look Him eye to eye anymore. You still want to follow Him, but you find yourself following Him from afar. Because failure has come into your life and there is a season. But what did the Bible say about seasons? There is a purpose for every season. I wish I had a witness in this church. So what Peter doesn't know and what Christians won't tell you is that Christ's love for you is greater than your failures. That's why every season has a purpose, even your season of failures. Because even when you have been challenged and you did not pass the test, there is a mercy that heaven offers that is greater than your shortcomings could ever be. Hallelujah! That's why the Bible says he is a friend who sticks closer than a brother because a brother will hold a grudge against you. A brother will forsake you when you do wrong. When you fail a brother, a brother will write you off. But Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Unfortunately, in this world, there are folks that would like to hold you to a higher standard than even the Lord holds you to. And when you go through a season of failure, they want to hold it over your head. God gave me something. You ready for this? I told you he, 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 he brings us through seasons with revelation. This is the revelation he gave me. He gave me permission to share it with you. I wrote this in my journal, but I, he gave me permission to share it with you. You can't walk in the world, in the natural, or in the spirit without leaving footprints. Everywhere you go, you leave footprints. But footprints are an indication of where you've been. And they have absolutely no ability to predict where you're going. And if you're going to learn how to thrive in every season... You're going to have to learn how to walk according to his expectations instead of everybody else's expectations. And here's why. All footprints are not equal. Footprints left in concrete are forever. Footprints left in sand disappear. God's mercy treats you like you are walking in sand and he erases where you've been because he's only concerned where you're headed. My God, that's good preaching. So, so, so we, we are walking our faith out in front of folks who are trying to make our steps concrete. But mercy treats you like you are walking in sand. So Peter has come through a season of failure. And he has a choice to make. 
And he's got the same choice I have and you have. And a lot of us take our season of failure and we use it as an excuse. We use it as an excuse to stop living out the miracle that God created us to be. Because Peter was finished with a season. He was finished with the season of failure. He had made mistakes publicly. There were footprints left of where Peter had messed up and people could see he messed up. Cussed out a little girl, cut off a, bu- a, bu- a boy's ear. He had denied Jesus three times. He has made some public mistakes and the footprints are there to people. But just because Peter was finished with a season doesn't mean Jesus was finished with Peter. Because when one season is over, another season is about to begin. Jesus said, Peter, you have come through a season of failure, but here's your next season. Go to Jerusalem and wait. I want you and 119 other folks to go up into an upper room and what's about to happen is going to rock your world. Because I want you to know that where you are is not where you're headed to and what you have accomplished is not going to touch what you are about to be able to do because you're about to be endued with power from on high. Yeah, you messed up. It ain't going to change nothing. Yes, you made mistakes. It ain't going to stop God's plan for your life. And in Acts chapter 2, Peter stepped into a new season. And it was a season that even when he was in the season of failure, Jesus knew that Peter was going to walk into this new season. When Peter was falling apart, Jesus knew it was coming. When Peter was cutting off people's ear, Jesus knew it was coming. When Peter was denying knowing him, he said, don't change nothing. I know a new season is coming for you and you're going to thrive in every season. You can thrive in a season of failure because it's not going to end you. God will end it. Acts chapter 2, Peter coming to a new Season now, in the church world, we, we get fancy and we call these things due season. A due season. And that simply means a special period of time when you get, you receive what rightfully belongs to you. Where you receive what rightfully belongs to you. And you didn't have it in the last season. Because you wasn't ready for it yet. But in due season, in all them people who saw you leave them footprints of failure, they're also going to see you when you get your comeuppance. When you are in front of everybody professing the victory in the name of Jesus, all the people who tried to make your footprints concrete are going to see that mercy treated you like you were in sand and God has forgotten that season and brought you into due season and you're going to receive what was rightfully yours to begin with. And I told you I've been spending a lot of time in Proverbs. One of my favorite chapters of Proverbs is Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord, the Bible says. Trust in the Lord. I could preach a whole sermon on just on that. With all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Christian, you got that for me? Proverbs 3. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Stop right there. He will direct your path. 
He will. He will direct. You ever, you ever, you ever flown on an airplane? You ever saw them people out there? I'm always praying they know what they're doing. Because I ain't got a clue. They look like they're out there just exercising. I'm, I'm like, I, I, I hope they actually know what they're doing and the, and the pilot can interpret that stuff. They look like a cheerleader. They're directing. They're directing. You ever saw a police officer or a crossing guard standing in an in a, in a intersection holding off people, letting people go? If he gets crossed up, it's a bad day for somebody because they're following his direction. So let's just pretend for a minute that I am God. I, let's pretend. For I am not the Lord. But let's pretend I am God, and then let's stretch our imagination even more and pretend that Brother Ron is a Christian. So, so let's pretend. Everybody's got their pretending on. Okay, so I can see him and he can see me, so I'm just going to direct. I'm just going to direct. Oh. Oh. You see how I'm directing his path? Do you see how I'm directing his path? But the Bible says there's a problem with this scenario. And that is that we walk by and not by Oh, so uh, you got something for me? Help me out, Brother Glenn. Because it's, it's imperative that we understand that when we're following the Lord, we can't see it. So now, since he can't see my direction, but he still needs me to direct his path, He's going to have to get real good at listening to my voice. Because if he wants my direction for his path, he's going to have to trust that what I say is going to get him where he needs to go so he can thrive in every season. So, so I, I'm going to ask, uh, Brother Ron, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you some direction, okay? I'm going to need you to take about two steps back, two healthy steps back. Yep, there you go. Now I need you to turn to the right. I'm going to need you to just start walking. Yep, left, right. There you go. You're, you're doing good. You're doing good. You're, you're, you're hearing my voice. And you're not there yet. You're almost there. You're almost into another season. And when you get to that end of that season, I'm going to say a word. I'm going to say, stop. Now I'm going to need you to turn left from where you are. I'm going to need you to just put one foot in front of the other. Just go ahead. Yep, yep, just there you go. You're doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. Why'd you stop? I didn't tell you to stop. Oh, you're going to stop at the first obstacle comes up? You're going to stop at the first thing that jumps up in your way? You're just going to lay, you're just going to lay down and quit because something didn't impeded your progress? That's not healthy. That's not a way. Now, I'm going to need you to stop right there and turn to your left. Take about three steps, big bold steps. Yeah, you're walking in faith now. There you go. Now, I'm going to need you to stop right there. Turn to your right. Take a few, uh, two, two quick steps. 
There you go. Oh, stop right there. Now, I'm going to need you to lift up your left leg kind of high. Because now you're, you're growing now. You're growing now. There you go. I'm going to need you to follow that up with your other foot and step on up. Hey, hey, how about that? Now, come on over and take a few steps forward. Take a few steps forward. Take a few steps forward. Now, just turn around. Turn around. Turn around. Stop right there. Stop right there. Now, let me ask you a question. How'd you get up here? Faith. Because you what? You listen to my direction. And sometimes listening to his direction makes you look like a fool in front of everybody else. Sometimes listening to his direction and you're walking to something that you hear but nobody else hears makes everybody else look at you kind of funny because they can't understand why you're doing something just because you say God said to do it. It makes you look all kinds of goofy and all kinds of crazy. But see, see, I, I, I want you to understand uh, that, that the reason you got where you are into this next season is because you was called into it. Ron, come to me. I got something for you. You know why I'm not talking anymore? Because you started listening to another voice and you're not where I put you. So I'm just going to let you fumble around in the dark. I'm just going to let you break your full leg if that's what it takes. I'm going to let you just do whatever it is that you're doing. Because when I left you, I had you in a new season. I had you where I wanted you because you was about to thrive where you was. And all of a sudden, you started listening to another. My sheep know my voice and another they will not fall. And here's the thing. Don't you think just because you start listening to the voice of the Father that the devil stops talking? Don't you think that just because he puts you in a new season and you're claiming victory and you've come up a few levels that the devil's not just going to let you go? No, no, no. And here's the thing. All the devil has to do to get you out of your season is to get you to start listening. Your trouble began when you started listening to another voice and following its directions. Because when the devil knows that you are willing to follow a voice... Don't you know he'll start yakety-yakking? And what really starts being complicated is when God and the devil are trying to give you directions at the same time. Go forward. Go backwards. Stand still. Go forward. Jump up. Turn around. Go backwards. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you, brother. Now, now, look at what the next verse says. Don't be wise. I ain't supposed to be down here. I got corona, I guess. Look what verse 7 says. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't trust your eyes. 
You've got to learn how to trust the voice of God. You've got to know that if you're going to thrive in every season, it's because God has called you into that season. He has brought you to where you need to be, and you need to learn how to stand still until you see God move. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And I don't preach this near enough. Verse 8 says, Fear the Lord and stop playing with evil, and you can get healed. Do you see what that says in verse 8? It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. If you stop messing around, stop listening to the voice of the enemy who's trying to get you out of your place and get you into another season that God didn't call you to. If you stop playing with the evil, you can get healed. It'll be healing to your flesh and strength to your bones. Every season, say every season. Uh, there's a season to be born. There's a season to die. There's a plan, season to plant and a season to rip up what was planted. We're going to talk about that next week. Season to kill and a season to heal and a season to tear down and a season to build up and a season to weep and a season to cry. Oh, there's a season to mourn. There's a season to dance. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll find 28 seasons. Do you know what season you will never find? The one to quit. Not there. There's seasons to plant and tear up. And there's seasons to cry and to dance and to rejoice and to mourn. There is no season to quit. Because the end of one season is the beginning of something better. You just have to trust in the Lord and acknowledge Him in all your ways. Is this helpful to somebody this morning? Is this, is this word a blessing to you? I was excited about preaching this, and I just felt like this was one that could just really get down and do some work in your spirit. Let's confirm this. God, your spirit is alive in us. And we are not immune to the voice of the devil. We have not turned a mute ear enough sometimes to the enemy's devices. So we pray today, God, that you will... Within the sound of my voice, touch every person in here and let us tune in only to your voice. Let us acknowledge you in all of our ways and learn to trust you alone to direct our path. We want to end up in the season that you have destined for us and designed for us. We need your help, God. We do not need you to be silent because we have walked out of our season by following the wrong voice. We love you. We praise you. We acknowledge you in all of our ways. And the whole church together said...